Welcome to Sports Weekly with Ayaz Memon. You're listening to Sports Weekly and I'm your host Ayaz Memon. We've got a packed program again for you this week. But let's start first with what's happening at the Tokyo Olympics. The Olympics haven't started as yet, but there's been a build-up which is going on and there's lots of information coming about what the games will be like, who all are qualifying, certainly from India. We have to, we'll take a look at that. And then, of course, we'll move on to loads of cricketing action happening here and overseas. First up, Tokyo Olympics. The first and the big story that we've got is that no overseas fans will be allowed in Tokyo. Now, the government and the International Olympic Committee have been mulling over this for a while. The problem for the Japanese government is much as they would have wanted the overseas fans to come because it also means, uh, apart from, you know, chest-thumping nationalism, it also means a lot of money and revenue. And that's not going to be possible if fans don't come. But the problem for the government is that the Japanese people resident in Japan don't want overseas visitors because of the COVID threat. So that's that. There'll be no overseas fans coming to Tokyo for the Olympics. Let's move very quickly on to India's hopes and aspirations for the Tokyo Olympics, what's been happening. As I mentioned in an earlier program, when I spoke to Dr. Narendra Batra, who's the president of the Indian Olympic Association, uh, and he said that about 180 Indian athletes will be on the flight to Tokyo, which is great news. But some qualification programs and tournaments are still being played. Some athletes still have to qualify. Some have qualified. And let's look at who have qualified over the last week. In shooting, we've had some uh, good news. This was, of course, in the 10 meters air pistol team event. The, the Indian women won the gold and the men's team won the silver, beating Vietnam. There were noteworthy individual performers too. Yashaswani Singh, Deswal and Manu Bhakar. They won a gold and silver in the women's 10 meters air pistol. And Saurabh Chaudhary and Abhishek Varma won a silver and a bronze in the men's air pistol final. In table tennis, Malika Batra and Sharad Kamal have qualified for the Tokyo Olympics in the mixed doubles event. They beat the number five ranked Korean pair in the Asian qualifying championships held in Doha. And then there was not such good news coming from uh, badminton. PV Sindhu, India's best prospects for the Tokyo Olympics, couldn't go beyond the semi-finals in the All England Open. She was knocked out in the semi-finals by P. Chochuwong, 17-21, 9-21. So normally you would say a place in the semi-final is not a bad performance. But when it comes to somebody like P.V. Sindhu, who's been silver medalist at the Olympics, 2016 Barcelona Olympics, everybody obviously expects her or expects more from her, more like a gold medal. But that's not going to be easy for Sindhu. And she's had a, a few setbacks in the past four, five, six months. Now, what the exact cause or causes are for these setbacks is something that her coach, her mental conditioning expert, maybe Gopichan Pulela, who's been also mentoring her, uh, would be able to tell us better. But it does seem that maybe being in a biosecure bubble or not being able to compete for months on end when the lockdown started could be affecting her. But hey, that's the problem for all athletes, not just for her. So I think that Sindhu really needs to kind of push along and pull her socks up because she's got about three months to get into prime form. Turning our attention to cricket, the Indian women are not having a happy time against the South African women. Uh, after losing the ODI series, they've lost the first T20 match by eight wickets. Five balls were remaining when South Africa won uh, this match. And actually, 
the ease with which South Africa have won should be a cause of concern for the Indian women's team and the coach W. V. Raman, who actually says they've not had too much exposure, they've spent too much time actually doing nothing while waiting for matches to commence. So maybe that's that's some reason that explains why the team hasn't been doing well. Nevertheless, what goes in the scoreboard is a defeat. In this match, yes, there was Harleen Deol's performance to to save her. She made 52, got one for 21, a fine all-round performance, but not enough to help India beat the South African women. Let's quickly hop across to Abu Dhabi where Afghanistan and Zimbabwe uh, were locked in a T20 series and uh, Afghanistan made a clean sweep of this 3-0. The point of interest here was not so much the experts of Rashid Khan and Mohammad Nabi. We all know how good they are, especially in limited overs formats and white ball cricket. But the fact that Afghanistan's captain, Asghar Afghan, has become the most successful T20 captain of all time. He's got 42 wins and he has now gone ahead of you-know-who. Mahindra Singh Dhoni. We're into the last week of England's Tour of India. It's been a fantastic tour where the cricket is concerned. India winning the Test Series 3-1. Remember, the first Test was won by England. So it was a come-from-behind victory for India. And then the T20 Series, the five-match series, turned out to be a real humdinger. Fortune going one way and the other. And then India winning the decider with mammoth margin, 36 runs. Uh, scoring 224 in the last match. Now, we are into the ODI series, another white ball contest. But remember, England are World Cup winners. They are also the number one ranked team in the world. Will they be able to turn things around in this contest? It's a moot question because both teams look evenly matched except that England have, have suffered some setbacks leading into the series. They'll be without Jofra Archer who was so impressive in the T20Is and also Joe Root their batting mainstay, he is not in India. So, there's some catching up to be done by the England team. I think the onus will be on Captain Eon Morgan and Ben Stokes, the world's best all-rounder. Neither of them looked in great form in the T20Is. Will they be able to turn things around in the ODIs? It's time for Fantasy Picks. We've got... Mr. Fantastic in the studio. He's going to give us his picks for the ODI series. Thanks, Ayaz. Pleasure to be here as always. But before we move on to the ODIs, I want to ask you a quick question. Was Kohli opening in the final match a plan, a masterstroke or just a lucky guess? <laughs> well, I think it's, it, it's, your, it's a plan which evolved during the series. Uh, so I think and it's worked out extremely well. I think what there's a, there's a point that Zahir Khan made in one of his shows that he does on television, and I thought that was very pertinent. He says you can't. I mean, if Surya Kumar Yadav is doing well and Ishan Kishan is doing well and Rohit Sharma is doing well, then at what position will Virat Kohli, who's in many ways your best batsman, going to bat? Is he going to bat at number four, number five, number six? He'll keep he'll keep getting pushed down. So the opening which he got because of Rahul's failures kind of gave him the opportunity to try himself in that position. And I think he made a he made a great go of it. He's opened in the past in the IPL, not in T20Is, but I think this is a game plan or a plan which will take, you know, even more firm route going ahead for the World T20. And what does Shikhar Dhawan's future look like now? He's been in the squad, he's failed. His place has been usurped by Ishan Kishan first. Uh, we then had Surya Kumar doing fantastically well. And now even Kohli's become an opener. So, does Shikhar Dhawan have a place in India's international team anymore? His place is looking very wobbly in T20s because 
so I would have thought that he may have been part of the squad, if not part of the playing eleven, uh, because he's a left-handed batsman and the right-left combination. Sometimes captains and team managements like that option. But now you got Ishan Kishan, who's a left-hand batsman. You know, he's ten years younger. He's also a wicketkeeper. If he's not keeping wickets, he's you know very sprightly in the field. So that really diminishes Shikhar Dhawan's usefulness in the squad, if I may say so. So he has to do something extraordinary in the ODI series because he's part of that squad. Hopefully, he'll get a game or two. If he really does well and then he follows it up with spectacular performances in the in the IPL, then he could still be around. Otherwise, you know, it's getting very tough for players to retain their places in this strong Indian team. Well, let's hope it's not the last of Gabbar that we've seen and we really do want to see more of the Thaifais as well. So moving on to team selection and England's World Championship with musical chairs continues. They have two of their top people leaving again, as you mentioned. So no Joe Root, no Jofra Archer, two of their top performers, which means what we have is everyone who's going to play in the IPL for different teams coming together as one and they're calling it an England team this time, seeing as how they've failed miserably in the tests and managed to lose a T20 series, which was definitely theirs for the taking. I would be silly to bet against India in the ODIs. The English are also looking fairly jaded, tired and completely mentally overwhelmed. So your must-have picks from the England squad would of course be Captain Eon Morgan, Moin Ali, John Besto, Joss Butler and Ben Stokes. Don't even bother with any of the other bowlers. They're going to get carted all around the park. From the Indian team, go for Kohli, Sharma, Pant. Mm, maybe pick a bowler if... Uh, you see that one of the pitches is uh, going to help them, but just keep two positions open for some last-minute picks. All the very best. We're three weeks away from the Indian Premier League. The most coveted cricket tournament in the world is going to start on April 9. And we're going to do a deep-dive, three-part build-up to this wonderful tournament. My guest for this build-up is Joy Bhattacharya, sometime quiz master. He's been team director of the Kolkata Knight Riders in the past. He's also been associated with football, with volleyball. A man of many parts, but completely and totally immersed in sport. So I've got Joy Bhattacharya. Welcome to the show, Joy. Hi, pleasure being here. Absolute pleasure being here. Thanks, Joy. We're talking about the IPL. And just a very quick uh, overview from you. This is what now, from 2008 to 2021, it's been a fairly spectacular journey. You know, it's just, it's just getting bigger and bigger. And uh, even in this time of pandemic, you know, in the, you know, when everybody thought that sports is going to take a big, big knock, cricket has not suffered as badly. And that's largely because the IPL, which was favoured over the T20 World Cup last year, no, I think I think the IPL has done a phenomenal job. And I think the most important thing about it is what it did was it first it was done successfully. And you know, we think that you know this is not such a big deal, but when you realize that you know tours in South Africa got cancelled. So the IPL actually happened, and what this pandemic is doing, Ayaz, is it's making big events bigger because they're the only ones who can afford to really put the money together to make a bio bubble, to make security and to make it work. And the other thing that the IPL has done in the last year especially is because maybe the pressure of the crowds hasn't been there. A lot of young players have emerged and normally you will not see such a big crop of young players doing so well. This year's IPL has been, the 2020 IPL has been truly spectacular in that sense. Well, that's an interesting point you've raised that a lot of young players have come to the fall because there was not so much crowd pressure. Uh, you know, and it seems like the established players have been 
moaning that oh you know we don't have crowds and even somebody like a Virat Kohli has mentioned that there's something missing if you don't have spectators but what you're suggesting and I find that really interesting is that you know for youngsters to kind of bloom uh, that pressure is not being there has helped has, has actually helped them a that a it has helped them b you know what has happened a lot of people in that bio bubble you have far more time for the team okay you have less ads to shoot you have far more time together as a team and therefore what's happening is these younger guys are also getting so some you know washington sundar will get far more of virat kohli than you would have normally got under these circumstances similarly you know somebody like a yashasvi jaiswal or a kuldeep bishnoi they would have got far more out of the players the senior players because you know there are less engagements there's less travel there's more time together and you can't go out anywhere else so i think all these are factors that you know we think that you know in the strangest of things you find you know rewards and opportunities and i think a lot of the young boys have just taken that and run with it yeah i i i remember mohammed siraj saying that how much he enjoyed being with dale stain in the same team same breakfast table having meals exactly. with him though those stain was struggling and mohammed yeah. siraj went on to be a hero in australia absolutely you know the great great stories i mean the ipl truly has some epic stories you know for a tournament that everyone thought was you know one of those fun hit and run kind of tournaments what it has proved to be something completely different it's proved to be a hallmark of excellence and that's so so interesting this uh, current tournament which is you know coming up april 9th now uh, there's no home or away format now you know it's like a caravan a jamboree which moves around how will that affect teams do you think it will affect teams at all it will affect teams i think it will affect teams because what happens is that say for example the two the teams that you're trying to make i mean you know chennai for example their biggest problem is that they've they were always set up for a team to play in chennai you know on slow low pitches and they, they didn't play there for two seasons so they played there the first season the next season they ended up playing in dubai because the tournament has to, was moved to dubai for obvious reasons and this year as well they're not going to play at home so what's happening is there are a lot of teams have predict i mean have put together squads to play in specific circumstances and those circumstances may not necessarily be true so especially and you see when you have a situation like a csk you know older teams they need to make adjustments they they built it on a particular ethos and now that ethos is now csk is starting their matches where are they playing they're playing in mumbai if they have, if csk is playing in mumbai they really the pitches and all are very different from what they you know their bowlers would have normally done yep absolutely now reduce travel uh, you know you've been team director with kkr so how much does travel take a toll on players this time there's reduced travel is it is it good or i would imagine it's good from a player's point of view oh it's brilliant from a player's point of view one of the biggest problems we had and you know less experienced teams like for example we had very strong physios when we were at kkr so an andrew lepers or an adrian would say we would never fly we would never leave the hotel before 12 o'clock the night after a match but very often you know there are teams like punjab and you know in the old days kochi a uh, punjab hyderabad you don't have that many connections and what happens to a lot of these teams is they'd end up traveling at 6 in the morning 7 in the morning the night after a match guys don't get sleep it's a really really big problem and the second thing it does is when you have a travel day that means one less practice day so that means the, your opportunities anyway you get very little time for a team to come together and practice and look make whatever little adjustments a coach can make he can make in practice he can see this player he can you know point out one defect there that 
that number of practice days immediately increasing a bit makes a huge, huge difference. So I think all those will be factors. I think it favors teams. And given this, this is a brutal season because of the number of double headers that they're playing, I think they'll need every bit of energy they have. We must never forget that whatever it was, the tournament, the last tournament, though it was played in Dubai, it was played in October where the conditions were fairly decent. I mean, actually, far more hospitable than April will be in India, definitely. Okay, so, uh, you know, I'm going to, as I mentioned, I'm going to do a three-part build-up over three weeks. So, this week, we're going to focus on the, you know, the laggards in the previous tournament. Chennai Super Kings, Rajasthan Royals, Punjab Kings. I want your quick opinions on all these three teams. I'll ask you uh, about Chennai Super Kings first. They've never fared worse than they did last time. Aging team, somewhat overhauled. MS Dhoni, does he still have it that charisma in him to, you think, to pull it off? Look, I think the big, big factor out here is really, for me, the big factor is how fit or how good is Raina right now? Mm. You know, where is Raina's head at? Because, see, Raina is a big gaping hole and they've, they've they've tried to fill it because they've tried to get a couple of Indian batsmen in. They've got Robin Otapa in, I think, who's definitely going to give them something. So, Robin is going to give them something. He's been in brilliant form, actually, in the last series of Vijay Hazare and all. He's been batting brilliantly. And he seems to, you know, Dhoni is a kind of guy. Robin is also an emotional person. Dhoni is a kind of guy to bring it back to him. Okay, 2007, the first series we played under Dhoni as captain. You know, Robin could be looking at it as a great goodbye. And when Robin is motivated, he's a great player. If if Robin and Ryan are click, that solves a lot of problems for these guys. Yeah. And I think that what also that happens is if that can, if those two guys can play their part, then what it allows is it allows them to play Imran Tahir who was yeah. their best bowler, but they just couldn't play him because yeah. of balance issues. And you know, Rituraj has already come good. He's given them something as well. I think if they can get back to the fact that they had a lot of good Indian batsmen, then they can start using those bowlers. He can play as fast bowlers. Dhoni can play as fast bowlers in uh, Mumbai. He can play the other bowlers in the slow pitches. I think now they are definitely, on paper, immediately a better team than they were last year. They will also be better prepared. Dhoni doesn't like going down the way he did last time. So, I think they'll be better prepared. Uh, are they good enough to make it? So much depends on Suresh Raina. Well, and let's not forget, there's one Cheteshwar Pujara who's included in the squad after many seasons. He's making come back to the IPL. But let's move on quickly, uh, Joy, to Rajasthan Royals. Bottom of the table in the UAE previous season. The most expensive player has been... You know, is Rajasthan Royals is Chris Morris, 16.25 crore. And then, of course, they've got a young captain, Sanju Samson, Jofra Archer pulling out, Ben Stokes and Josh Butler still there. What do you make of this squad? What's happening in Rajasthan Royals? See, Rajasthan has a very clear agenda that they want to be the team which is both India and England. They wanted to make a multinational team. And, you know, the ownership is part British as well. So, you know, they have obviously a preference for English players. Here, the problem only here is that they never seem to have a great Indian core. And a lot now is not depending on Sanju Samson. They're taking, you know, a lot of responsibility they put in Sanju Samson and they're hoping that responsibility he will you know, give them value for their responsibility. But my only problem is that the Indian players they have, they're young players. You know, where you take a Tevatia, Rehad Pyarag, Yashasvi Jaiswal, Shivam Dube, they're not really big, experienced India guys. Like, you know, what I mean by that is, you know, if you have a really experienced India hand like Shikhar Dhawan, he'll come good sometime or the other. 
you know he yeah. he will not going to have a 150 run season he may have a 450 run season may have 400 run season he may have a 600 run season but they will give you a certain basic standard with with younger players that variation is going to be far more and i think that is something that bothers me because also with jofra ache not being there chris morris is great is really well equipped to take over the you know the death overs which i think chris morris will share with maybe now that uh, jofra ache is not there mustafa zir the fizz might play yeah. a bit more in the beginning but they don't really have somebody who's that wicket taking up front you know with jofra gave them a, some something invaluable up front so for me the big problem with the rajasthan royals is they just don't have the indian players to count and when you have seven indians playing and four international players playing you know your international players can do really well for you but your indian players have to come to the party yeah which takes me to punjab kings 11 they've had a little bit of a change in the title or the name uh, strong team but perennial underperformers what could be the reason joy see punjab always had from whatever i've heard and a lot of what i've seen punjab always had issues with the ownership and management ownership and one of the problems is that how much do the owners play a part in the day to day running of the team and the point is once the owners start playing around with the running of the team that's a problem i think now what they have in the last couple of years from last year is dev kumble who's a very strong man himself who's not going to take that mm. who's going to say that you know let me make my decisions and allow him and his support staff to this thing they've tasted some amount of success because they had a great run last season towards the end okay and they've put some very solid pieces in terms of the kind of support staff they have i really like the kind of support staff unit they've put together mm. and now if you look at the buys they've made they've got some value you see they've got you know people like ondrix jelaxena so they've got a lot of guys who can just bat out there. you know moises ondrix jelaxena fabian allen lot of all rounders out there riley meredith so they are feeling that you know cottrell didn't do it for them one of jai richardson or riley meredith will give them that you know really pacey option up front my big problem with that team is really it looks a very different team if mohammed shami goes down because shami is really he gives them that second pace at you know value at pace which really is important if mohammed shami goes down you know the rest of the bowlers that they have the indians that they have they just don't have that kind of penetration i really liked what ravi bishnoi is doing and i think he's going to improve in even further but uh, you know there's still a lot of uh, i think that's their big problem that was joy bhattacharya talking with me on the ipl that is going to come up from april 9 this is the first part of the three part build up that we're going to have on this show take care keep track with me ayaz meman on sports weekly <laughs>